welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. We had a long but great weekend covering the 2022 NFL Draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We screened for over 15 hours, and after a day off on Sunday to unwind a little bit, we are back to recap all of those picks that the Bucs made. My name is Matt Matera, and joined with me is none other than the man himself, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing this afternoon? Excellent, man. This was a, it was a long weekend, but it was a fun one. And I, I think that uh, given our, our traffic numbers on on our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV, it was it was well received by by the Pewter people out there, which was awesome. We appreciate everybody tuning in to our Pewter Report draft show, and and now we're back. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 o'clock Eastern time for the Pewter Report podcast. So you know what to do, folks. Make sure that you subscribe to Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel. Hit the like button on all those videos. And speaking of videos, Matt Matera's put up a lot of of snippets uh, from interviews from Jason Light, and we're going to have some John Spitek as well up on our YouTube channel. We also have a couple of polls up there. Did you like the Buccaneers draft? So there's a lot to do on our YouTube channel rather than just watch the Peter Report podcast, which we we love that you do, but we're really growing and expanding our YouTube channel. Yes, 100%. I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because don't get me wrong. I love doing these podcasts, and I love that every single fan on here gets into the chat, interacts with us, and watches us. But I understand the year that we're in, not everyone can sit down for an hour, for an hour and 15, however long we go. Sometimes you just want to get straight and right to the point. So that's what we're doing. We're cutting up videos, whether it's Jason Light. And again, it's great listening to Jason Light for 20 minutes, forever how long he talks. But if you just want to hear him talk about Logan Hall or you just want to hear him talk about Rashad White, we got that for you on our YouTube channel, along with other pieces of content, information, topics we'll get into today. Maybe you just want to hear about Luke Gadecki, let us know. We'll put something up there for you as well. So we're doing a little bit of everything for everyone on this YouTube channel. So please subscribe. We got a lot of subscribers over the past weekend with yeah. the YouTube show. Can't thank you guys enough for that. Thank you for all the super chats. If you super chat us here, we will make sure we get to your question or comment or concern, whatever it may be. We make sure we get to that uh, pretty soon as well, too. So, yeah. And, yeah. and Matt, it's great to be back at four o'clock. Now, I, I love the primetime shows. They're they're fun to do at night. And we hit like a little bit of a different audience because some people yes. are still at work and they appreciate being able to to watch the live podcast at 730. But tonight, Matt. Hey, that's right. I've you got your you. Stanley Cup champion lightning. Back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, kind of like back-to-back right. Houston Cougars uh, from last year yeah, and this year right. as well, too. I, listen, I'm rooting <laughs> for the Lightning as long as they're not playing my team. I root for them. I actually placed a bet on the Lightning to beat the Maple Leafs in the first round because we all know Toronto chokes in the first yeah. round. They're nothing but chokes. So, so I'm very confident in the Bolts. I think they're going to win this first round, and um, I'm going to be watching. I'm definitely rooting for them. So go Bolts for tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so uh, let's recap the draft, shall we? I mean, uh, let's... You know, we for those people, and and not everybody could watch our Peter Reports draft show on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. So, uh, in, in case you missed it, uh, that's fine. We've got the full recap of the Buccaneers draft picks. As it turns out, Matt, they they started off with six picks. They ended up with eight players, and that's because Jason Light did some trading, uh, really all over the place. Starting in round one, he traded that around one. 
We saw mm. even before the draft, Jason Light executed a trade for Shaq Mason. When you include him, the starting right guard into, into this draft, it gets a little ridiculous. I think the Buccaneers had a very good draft, and Shaq Mason, of course, he's a veteran from the Patriots. But boy, he you throw that that fifth rounder in there for him, and it really solidifies this class. They also traded up in the second round for Luka Decky, traded uh, a fourth round pick from next year into the fifth round this year for Zion McCollum. So we also saw Jason Light package a couple of seventh rounders move up to get Kokep. So Jason Light was a very busy dude during the draft. That's right. Trader Jason living up to his name. It was also a musical chair. It's like, all right, well, they had a they had a six round pick for a moment. Then they traded that. They traded twice with the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, as you just mentioned, to get that 33rd pick and, and draft Logan Hall. Um, they traded with the Buffalo Bills as well. And I believe the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, and the Rams hate acquiring draft picks. So <laughs> that was funny to see. So, uh, yeah, the Bucks were moving all over the place, moving and shaking. Uh, there's some breaking news as well, too, not with the Bucs, but apparently DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Cardinals, got suspended for PEDs for the uh, the first six games of the season. I see a lot of people in the chat talking about wow. that. So we can get to that, too, which that could affect the Bucs because the Bucs do play the Cardinals this season. We just it's don't just know when. Matter- yeah. yeah, exactly. We just don't know when. We're waiting for the schedule to drop. So it could impact the Bucs. But nonetheless, um, Jason Light was making trades left and right. and Overall, I would give this, I mean, I guess it's too early to to give grades. And I kind of don't like giving the grades when you don't see, you you can't really give a grade until three or four years from now when these players have time to develop and we actually see them on the field. But I think if you look at a lot of what the analysts, experts, national medias, talking heads, whatever, um, they've singled out a couple of teams that have really, you know, hit a home run in this draft. Actually, the Jets and Giants, oddly enough, were up there at the top. The Eagles and the uh, Ravens have been pretty um, praised for what they've done. If those teams are tier one in terms of success with their drafting, I think I would put the Bucs in, in a tier two category, where it was very solid, it was good, maybe not a home run for every single pick, but at the end of the day, I think they made their team better. They addressed areas of need or areas of depth that they needed to get to. So overall, I don't really have too many complaints about what Tampa Bay did in this draft. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it was it was really solid. I, I'd probably give it a, a, a B plus um, mm-hmm. because they hit a lot of needs. And you know, when you look at this at this draft class, Matt, the first round pick is going to play, right? I mean, he, I see a first round pick technically. Logan Hall was a second-round pick, but he was a first-round pick for the Buccaneers in the fact that they could have had him at 27. They traded back. And an interesting thing, I'll stop right there for a second. The interesting thing is the Buccaneers say that they had five players they liked yep. and that Logan Hall was the last one at number 33, so there really was no way that Jason Light was going to trade down from 33 uh, because they they really liked it and, and wanted and that- needed Logan Hall. Right, Scott. That was a big question starting day two was, will the Bucks trade back again? Also, side note, it's going to make for a great uh, trivia question in five, ten years from now when it's like, who was the Bucks' first round draft? It's going to be a trick question because it's going to be, who were the Bucks' first round draft pick right. in the 2022 draft? And someone's going to say Logan Hall, and then you'll be like, no, he was their second round pick, but he was their <laughs> right. first pick overall. But uh, besides that, uh, Todd Bowles, yeah, he, he made it very obvious maybe not obvious but he made it very his intent was there when he said that you know they like someone like Devontae yeah. Wyatt 
but they had Devontae White and Logan Hall on the same exact level. So it's just funny to see where we were all speculating it. Some of us were predicting it, and I don't think it would have been a shock at all right. if Tampa Bay decided to trade that 33rd pick, but ultimately they held on to it, got Logan Hall. And if they had him on the same level as a Wyatt, as some of the other guys that kind of went there, uh, Louis, Louis Seen, Seen. Yeah. obviously thought um, he was in play there as well right. too. At the end of the day, if, if he's on your big board and you get that guy, that, I mean, that's a win for the Bucs. And they got sure. more picks out of it. They were able to spin the wheel. And yeah, I mean, really, the really, they, they got Kate Otten out of it. You know, the, the yeah. fourth round pick there. So um, Buccaneers did a couple things that Peter Report accurately projected them to do. Yes, he Logan did. Hall, Rashad White were in our mock drafts. Not just this one, but also in previous ones. Rashad White was in our first mock draft back in January as well as being in our final. Logan Hall was in our fourth mock draft as a second rounder. Then we bumped him up to the first round for the final mock draft. We had and he Zion, was a Bucks best bet. And he was a Bucks best bet. Yeah. Uh, Kate Otten was a Bucks best bet for the mm-hmm. for the uh, day three selection at tight end. And we had Zion McCollum in our mock draft for, I think it was version three, which was in mm-hmm. late March. I think it was right after the combine. So uh, I'm glad that we, we were able to put some of these players on your radar, Pewter Report uh, readers and, and listeners and viewers. That's our job. We, wanna, we want to <laughs> to accurately Inform tell you the people. Yeah, yeah. Who, who this team is drafting and why. And um, there was a lot of talk about, about Trey McBride. And we were, we were, you know, we had him in, in the mock draft at, as the, the second round pick in this year's final mock draft, as well as the Bucks' best bet at tight end. And the reason why they didn't trade up to get him, they liked him, but they they knew it they would have to sacrifice a fourth rounder to do so. And they ended up getting two players. They they really liked Luka Decky. Uh, they might have drafted the trade McBride had he fallen to them if they had stayed put. But uh, once once the Cardinals drafted him, they moved up and got Gadecki. And so I, I think that. When you look at Gedecki and Otten, I think they would have rather have taken that route rather than McBride and offensive guard to be named later, right? We don't know, we don't know which guard they would have taken, and would that would that have been in the third round or the fourth round, right? So Mark Fisher's got a, a question here. Love the draft coverage. My one concern: White over Spiller, given what I saw from y'all. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'll say this. I, I know John really liked Spiller. I did too. I think that he is a good kind of tackle breaking running back kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Kareem hunt, maybe not as explosive, maybe not as thick in the lower body, but a similar style of guy who's not going to wow you with speed, Matt, mm-hmm. but does have some, some ability to slip tackles as well as break tackles. But the thing about Rashad white, that's really interesting. The third round pick. And this was a, a, a back that before they even drafted a running back, we said on the draft show, whether it's Isaiah Spiller, whether it's Damian Pierce, or whether it's Isaiah, or I'm sorry, or uh, Rashad White, White, the Bucks are going to draft one of those three running backs. We had narrowed it down to those three, and you know, we put two as Bucks' best bets. We put the other guy in the mock, which ended up being White. And this was a guy with his pass-catching ability just really stood out. Right? I mean, 43 catches. He averaged 10 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. which that's that, that's pretty good, as well as scoring a touchdown. And uh, I think that he is going to be one of those players that's going to 
see the field quite a bit. I think he's going to beat out Keyshawn Vaughn for the second running back spot this year. Yeah, I think Rashad White might actually be my favorite pick of this entire draft. By I love it. I love that you love running backs. That's I do. I, I Part of me feels bad, not for Rashad White, but for running backs in general, because yeah. I understand why they won't get picked in the first round anymore. And I understand they'll probably never get those big contracts again. So I feel for the running backs because they only have a, a limited amount of time. And um, so when they have their moment to shine, they got to, they got to get going with it. One of the big words that um, Jason Light used to describe Rashad White was smooth. And yeah. I, I really enjoy that. I, I think it's going to be so much fun to watch his game. You yeah. look at his, his last year in Arizona state, he had 16 touchdowns, 15 of them rushing, right? Only one of them receiving, but again, he still was a very solid receiver. You look at some of his games last year. I mean, he had games of 65 receiving yards, 70 receiving yards. Yeah. And towards the end of the year, um, he had a game of 86 receiving yards. Yeah. So we're talking about a guy that can get it done in the receiving game. But as we talked about, and we talked about with Jason light as well, too, He's a patient runner, and he's been compared to a certain running back that played for the Bucks last year. And he's been—he says <laughs> that he Bell. watches, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. He yeah. said he watches guys like Jamal Charles and Arian Foster. And I think that smoothness, that patience, yeah. that Rashad White has—I believe that's going to be something in this Bucks running backs backfield that we really haven't seen too much. Like Leonard Fournette goes straight to the hole. Like he doesn't, you almost wish Leonard, he dances sometimes too much, but Leonard yeah. is right at you. He's going to lower the shoulder. He's going to lower the boom. Keyshawn Vaughn, more or less the same too. We always brag about this Bucks offensive line. Now, granted, that was with Ali Marpet and that was with Alex Kappa, but we always talked about how the Bucks have one of the best offensive lines in football, especially pass blocking. Right. But one of the knocks was, and even Bruce Arians was saying this, and Todd Bowles and Brian, Byron Leftwich have mentioned, like, we have to do better at running the ball. Well, if you're boasting this great offensive line, you better get better at it. But I think part of yeah. that is having a different running back that's maybe going to see the game a little bit differently. Wait, let that hole develop, and it's a different style of running that we haven't always seen yeah. in the Buccaneers' backfield. And I think we'll get that with Rashad White. And mm -hmm. I think that'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, he's been compared to Marcus Allen. That was the comparison that his college coach, Herm Edwards, former Bucks Herm. Um, Love Herm. defensive backs coach and Jets head coach, yep. made. And uh, and also, I've heard the, the the term Eric Dickerson. The word Eric Dickerson. Now, Dickerson was those pretty damn big, fast. Like, those are huge names, too. Right. Like, we're talking and, about Hall of Famers, yeah. great players. And I think the thing is, Rashad White, 6'1", he's kind of has an upright running style, uh, very similar to to Le'Veon Bell in terms of of – being able to kind of be patient and then glide a little bit um, and also catch the ball. I mean, Le'Veon Bell was a tremendous receiver out of the backfield. That's the other comparison, not just the running style, but being able to be a, a running back on first, second and third downs. So, um, you know, one, one kind of final note on, on Logan Hall here, we, we did talk sure. uh, kind of at length about him during the Peter report draft show. We did write about him extensively on PeterReport.com. You know, if you, if you missed our mock draft or a Bucks best bet, I mean, we we kind of covered a lot of what he can do there. Uh, I do think that Logan Hall is going to replace Indomitian Sue. Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe the team is going to re-sign Indomitian Sue. When you look at at uh, the fact that they have not done that yet, the fact that Sue's price tag is probably in the nine million dollar range, which is what it has been the last three 
years when they've signed him to, to three one-year deals. I, I think this team, and based upon what I heard from Jason Light and from Todd Bowles, and sometimes it's not what they say, it's what they don't say, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's <laughs> how they say it, um, I asked some pointed questions, and, and I asked Todd Bowles about what type of mentor uh, Ndamukong Sue is going to be to Logan uh, Paul, and an understanding that, that Sue is not signed, he's not on the roster. And because I wanted to get Bowles' reaction to that. And yeah. he said, he says, well, not on uh, the team, <laughs> not on the team. We like some guys that are here that will do that. It could have been very easy for him to say when, when Indomitian Sue gets here, he's going to be a great mentor. You know, uh, we, we expect to, to sign Indomitian Sue later and whether it's in mini camp or training camp and he'll be a great mentor. He did not go that far whatsoever. When asked about it in the press conference with Jason Light, Mm-hmm. Jason Light pretty much said, if there's an emergency, we can call on Adamic and Sue. But I'm just reading between the lines. It does not sound like they're going to re-sign Adamic and Sue. I believe that they'll probably pick up another veteran defensive lineman. I think they want to get younger at the, at the position. Sue is 35. He showed his age a little bit more last year. I know as a pass rusher, he got six sacks. If you look in the last couple of games of the season, the Falcons game, the Jets game, the Panthers game, they were able to do some things and running the ball laterally in the Buccaneers, right? Uh-huh. And he just couldn't chase. He just couldn't hold his gap and and then flow to the sidelines like he used to. And that's and a lot to ask for a 35-year-old. It is. For sure. There's no and doubt. That's, yeah. that's why you bring in Logan Hall, who ran track in high school or <laughs> right. was a hurdler. It was one, <laughs> yeah. one of those two. So, yeah, I, I agree, Scott. At, at one point or another, whether it was this year or next year, the Bucs were going to have to get younger or at least replace Indomitian Sue. Yeah. So I think right now is a great window where you can you can do it now. You obviously know the value of Sue. Right. Um, but I think you could still get by with if you don't have Indomitian Sue there. We saw the flip side of it with yeah. when the Bucs won the Super Bowl. Vita Vea missed a lot of that season. And obviously he came back for the NFC Championship right. game and the Super Bowl. But the Bucs run defense was still the best in the league yeah. and was still up there. So I have full faith in Todd Bowles where Logan Hall, sure. He's a rookie. There's going to be the growing pains. There's going to yeah. be missed assignments and things like that. It just, it naturally occurs when you have a rookie out there playing significant minutes. However, the Bucks still have a very talented defense and they have other guys on this defense, on this roster that can kind of pick up the pieces. Right. Kind of like how we talk about when Levante David has really helped out Devin white, where he masked some of Devin white's issues. That's going to happen for the Bucs, too, whether exactly. it's Vita Vea just being a beast getting into the backfield, whether it's Nacho maybe yeah. getting a couple of more reps than maybe he would last year because you got that learning curve. I think Logan Hall, with his length, with his versatility, that speed, and natural pass rushing, that's what Jason yeah. Light talked about a lot, too. I think now is the perfect time where if you're going to replace Sue, now's the time to do it with Logan Hall. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree, too, that it was it was surprising when Jason was essentially said, yeah, he might be like a a training camp week one signing. Like, why would Sue sign up for that too? Like, right. he, he's not going to drop his price because the season is later on. So, yeah, well, know. yeah, exactly. So, I, I'm just reading the tea leaves here, and I I just getting the feeling from the team that that Sue is is not going to be back unless there's unless there's an emergency, unless there's an injury or something like that. So, if you're if if you're Logan um, Hall. Uh, study hard, <laughs> get in the playbook. You're going to be a week one starter and make sure 
if you're Logan Hall that you're drinking lots of Celsius, right? Because, I mean, uh, yep. why wouldn't he, right? He's going to need all the energy he can get. And Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy, Matt. No sugar, no preservatives. What does that mean? Well, it means that you're going to get all of the energy that you need without the sugar crash, right? That's the beauty of Celsius is the tastes are tremendous. Look at all those cans. We have orange. We've got uh, Fuji apple pear. We've got tropical vibe. Sparkling wild berry I see in there. Wild berry, watermelon. There's also a, a, an, a mango peach tea flavored kiwi guava. I mean, the flavors are, are tremendous. It's the best tasting energy drink on the market. Peach vibe. They've got There's tropical new flavors vibe. every single week. It's unbelievable. Like people are telling me, oh, have you tried this? The Arctic one. one right yeah, here. The Arctic one Arctic is crazy. I got the, um, I got the orange pomegranate. I had oh, one of these. Over tremendous. The weekend. This whole weekend, the draft show, again, long hours, <laughs> awesome hours, but it was fueled weekend and was, energized with Celsius. No yeah. doubt. Celsius I had two Celsius day. every day, and I've even had two today because I'm going to hit the gym after the show. And um, I'll tell you what, it's a great product to to take before your workout. It just really powers your workout, too. And uh, if you're looking for for uh, a great complement to your workout, aside from, from Celsius, and they, like I said, they've got all three of the tropical flavors. They've got Tropical Vibe, Peach Vibe, and the new Arctic Vibe. The other thing that you can add to your your training table is the fast brand protein bars. These are the best yep. tasting protein bars on the market, folks. And if you've tried protein bars, what do they taste like, Matt? They taste like sawdust. They taste like wood chips. They break everywhere. Cardboard. They're impossible to hold on to. You take yes. one bite. God forbid you're like in someone's house or at a restaurant. Like you're just going to make a, you wouldn't have it at a restaurant. But if you're yeah. at someone's house or apartment or something like that, it's crumble. you break one open, you're just making a yeah. mess in this person's house. So yeah. Yeah. Well, with the fast protein bars, not only do they not make a mess, they taste fantastic and they give you all sorts of protein as well. And along with some great taste, they've got two tremendous flavors. They've got the white chocolate cookies and cream, and they've mm -hmm. got the salted peanut caramel crunch. And folks, they, they taste like candy bars. And I'm not kidding. They really do. And the best part about this is they're $5 off a 12 pack right now through the end of the month. Use the promo code on Amazon, 5FASTLANE. That's 5, the number 5, FASTLANE, to save $5 off a 12-pack of either tremendous flavor of the Fast Protein Bars on Amazon. Celsius has taken over. It's everywhere. They're getting huge, huge sponsors as well, too, like in the UFC, Dustin Poirier. He's been there for a while. So yeah. shout out to Celsius because they are everywhere, and it's it's great to see. I love it. Yeah, uh, we've had a, a tremendous amount of super chats over the the draft weekend. We want to thank everybody out there. Uh, all you pewter people are amazing. We appreciate those so much. We got another one today from Elliot four ninety nine. Thank you, Elliot. Yep, Matt uh, Kappa and Hainsey had to remake their body to transition inside. How's Gadecki in that regard? Will he need a red shirt year to bulk up? He looks kind of ready to go to me. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, it's like when you look at Kappa, he had kind of a slender left tackle build. And and Hainsey just needed to work on his his lower body to, to be able mm -hmm. to move in center. But I think when you look at Luka Decky, he's pretty well proportioned. And I, I think that like Ali Marpet, he'll be able to step in as a day one starter at left guard. And I, I think he's going to get a, a run from Aaron Stinney, who obviously knows the offense and has some playing experience under his belt. But 
I, I just think for you know th- this this is a Wisconsin farm kid. Yep. Who's bring, just your, rock bring your solid. tractor, bring your tractor to school day was a quote that he said that they had that school. His school was so small that that got up and like that. And he said he's and I he said it, but I believe it too that you know he's got that chip on his shoulder. He is he said his work ethic is second to none. He went to a division three school because he had no no recruits looking at him whatsoever, walked on at Central Michigan, played tight end, and then switched positions and He's going into the NFL now where he was a tackle. He's going to go into guard. But to answer the question about body composition and everything like that, the Bucks front office does not shy away from saying this guy needs to add weight. This guy needs to lose weight. Uh, for example, Logan Hall, Jason Leip said, yeah, he'll buy the season. He'll be at 295, 300, essentially right. saying that's what we want him to get at. He's not there yet. They did not say that, though, about Luke Gadecki. So I think when you – match the the intensity that i think he's going to bring when you match the overall um tenacity the the, the glass eater as a lot of people yeah like to say i i could see him competing right away i said this on the live stream too that if he gets the starting job and he does have to earn it let's just not pencil him in right away there but right if he gets that starting job and it's him and ryan jensen next to each other i haven't decided if i'm going to call them the legion of doom or the brothers <laughs> of destruction that's Kane and the Undertaker, but either okay. way, that like they are just going to. That's another thing. Gadecki said is he he wants to strike fear into the eyes of the opponent. It's one thing when it's one guy. When it's Ryan Jensen and Gadecki, I feel bad for. I said I feel bad for the running backs. I feel bad for you know the opposing defensive linemen that have to go up against these guys. Yeah, there's no doubt. No doubt about it. I I think that. That the the body composition of Logan Hall and Luca Decky is only going to get bigger and better once mm-hmm. they hit the weight room, right? I mean, we were, you know, we we had a chance to talk to Tristan Wirfs before the the draft and when the Bucks started their offseason workouts, and Matt he revealed that he wasn't three hundred and twenty pounds like he was coming out of Iowa, and he wasn't three hundred and 20 pounds like he was on the Buccaneers roster. He's 345, Matt. He's 345 <laughs> pounds. That's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. I had, a, I had a chance to ask him at the Arians Family Foundation Gala when I ran into him there. And I said, I said, listen, man, I gotta tell you, a lot of folks are blown away that you admitted that you weighed 345 because you certainly carry it well. And he said, I appreciate that. Thank you. And he said, Yeah, I just uh, at, at Iowa, they always uh, he said I wasn't on a diet, but I really had to watch my weight. They wanted me at 320. And he said the minute after the athletic testing for the combine, he just started to kind of just eat naturally. He's like, I didn't even like just go for junk food or anything. I just kind of like ate normal food. Yeah, ate and, more and steak I, than usual. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I got up to 330 like that. And then I got here and, you know, obviously he's continuing to hit the weight room. I mean, he's no stranger to the weight room. Mm-hmm. Tristan Wirth setting all sorts of weightlifting records at, at Iowa. And he said, I just played 340, 345 and just felt good at it. And you know what? It worked, man. He's an all pro. He's a pro bowler. But I was just shocked that he ended up being that big. Everything with Tristan Wirth just seems so flawless. And yeah. natural, whether he's jumping out of pools, whether he just comes into the NFL with no training camp, goes up against the Saints, who had one of the best defensive lines and defenses in football at the time. They still have a, a great defense and added to it with Tyron Matthew. But yeah. everything 
that Tristan Wirfs does is it's just seamless. The guy has no issues at all whatsoever. And I think he's going to be an awesome mentor as well to um, Kadecki coming in and some of the other offensive linemen that are already there. What's not to love about Tristan Wirfs? I totally agree. So uh, the Buccaneers, we've kind of talked about Logan Hall. We've talked about Luke Kadecki. We've, we've um, you know shared our thoughts about, about Rashad White. When you look at Tampa Bay's draft, uh, start off the fourth round because of that trade with Jacksonville mm-hmm. with the top pick in the fourth round. And they used that for Kate Otten, the tight end. And uh, I'll tell you what, th- this was a guy that came ready. He was ready for the media interview. He <laughs> yes, wore a he Bucks was. hat that he received from the team. It's it's not uncommon for teams when they interview you either at a top 30 visit or at the combine to give you a hat. And he kept that hat, and he told his wife he was hoping that the Buccaneers were going to draft him because uh, he just got a great vibe from Tampa, wanted to be a Buccaneer. And, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, you're playing with right. Tom Brady. But you mm-hmm. also look at at Huskies, the familiar faces that he's got. Because, listen, the pipeline. Of, the pipeline yeah, is, it is crazy. It's a purple pipeline, man. You got yeah. you had uh, Vita Vea, Benning Potoahi, and then last year's first-round pick, Joe Tryon Schwenka, Matt you're not just drafting the player, you're drafting the person. And for somebody moving from the West Coast up there in, in see, you know, the Seattle area all the way to Tampa across the whole country to start a new life, it can be a bit of a culture shock. I mean, he's married, he's settled down. Yeah. But he's got some friends here too, and that always helps when you can walk in that locker room and you're not a, a stranger. You've got some guys that you know, and not just that. He went up against Joe Tryon Schwenka in practice on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think they built a, a mutual respect out of that too. Uh, Otten said that he's one of he's a really good friend of his. You saw Joe Tryon Schwenka on social media on Twitter giving him a shout out, showing that he's excited. Scott, though, I, I a thousand percent agree with what you're saying about traveling from you know West Coast to come to East Coast. You want to have some type of familiarity or something like that. To go back to hockey, we were talking about the Lightning. You know, there's stories about talented Russian players that come over to the States to play in the NHL. And some teams they'll, they'll carry like another Russian player on that team because that's a big transition going, right. obviously going from Russia to America is way different than just going from Seattle to Tampa. But nonetheless, like to have someone that, you know, that comfortability, I think is really going to play a factor. And it's not just the Washington pipeline. The Bucks have been doing that for a couple of years now. I mean, look at Logan Hall, Houston, you got yeah. Grant Stewart right there. Um, who was it? Oh yeah, uh, Gadecki. You got Sean Murphy Bunting. You got the Central yeah. Michigan uh, connection the going Chippewas. on. Chippewas. Yeah, Chippewas. Shout out Maction. Funnest college football to <laughs> Maction, watch. Yeah. Or Ponce. Hey, they'll play. Two, they'll, they'll play football, right. football on Tuesday night, man. In November, they will. It's the best. <laughs> Having football every single night of the week is awesome yeah. during the season. But nonetheless, I think that comfortability is going to be great. Um, at first, I think that Otten overall is. Um, we, we spoke about this. He's a well-rounded tight yep. end in terms of some tight ends just excels the receiver. Some tight ends, like another tight end that the Bucks got in in this draft class with Keith is strictly just a blocking tight end. Right. But Kate Otten, you're going to get a mixture of both. Is he the best? No, he's not Trey McBride, but that's fine. The Bucks don't necessarily need that in the right. offense. So I like that sense of it with bringing in Kate Otten. Yeah, and, some, and the, th- yeah, the, sorry, thing, the thing too, Matt, is – is you look at Washington's quarterbacks, and I know this because I'm I'm friends with Jimmy Lake, the former Washington. He was on our show. Coach. Yeah, yeah we, it was on the show talking about 
about, uh, and we'll probably have him on talking about KDOT as well. But uh, listen, to be frank, Washington, they had some terrible quarterback play. That, that's part of the reason why Jimmy got fired yeah. was because, you, you know, you have to have a quarterback at every level, whether it's the pros or college, whatever. And they just didn't have one. So this guy put up some pretty good numbers without a really good quarterback throwing him the, the football. And he goes from that situation to catching passes from the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> a pro bowler at age 44 and a guy that probably should have won the NFL um, MVP yeah. award. Tom Brady kind of has a knack for making players around him better. Yeah. I'm just going to go on a limb and say that. Because <laughs> one of the things that concerned me a little bit is you look at his 2020 season, which they only played four games because of the Coke season, I believe. Right. He had 258 yards. Next year, 2021, he played eight games. So double the amount of games. 250 yards. So we're talking about yeah. eight yards less in four more games. That's yeah. a little concerning there. That's but overall, quarterback play. exactly. As you said, the bad yeah. quarterbacks. And you take out that 2021 year. I mean, he was he was averaging um, 13 yards per reception, 10, 14. So we're talking about productive plays if you're getting double digits right. on, on making a reception. So I still think there's a little bit more that we could see from him as a receiver. And you're just naturally going to get that yeah. with Tom Brady. And, and he I needs think to hit gonna... the weight room too. You know, he's, he's yeah, got to get course, bigger and better, but, but he's a high effort guy that, that, is, you know, I, I call him more of a positional blocker now because he doesn't have the size, the brute strength to just overwhelm sure. guys and move the line of scrimmage. But sometimes all you need is, is just to get in somebody's way, right? He's, he has a willingness to do it too, which I does. think is very and important. He's good technique and just, just you know, turn your guy just a bit. You don't have to drive him into the ground uh, like Coquif will. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. Talk about glass eaters and the Legion of Doom. Oh, He's man, be yeah, on there too. Yeah. yeah, but but uh, I, I I like the pick of Otten, and not just because we had him as a Bucks best bet. I, the reason why we did is because, like you said, Matt, he's versatile. He can do both, mm -hmm. and and that's really what the Buccaneers need. They they don't like guys that are just receiving tight ends, right? They tried that with Tanner Hudson for years. They tried that with OJ Howard, who you know mm -hmm. was, was a, a it's funny, OJ was no more of a blocker, no more as a blocker at Alabama, but yet they just didn't throw him the ball. But when he, when he did, he, he caught touchdowns and had ridiculous yards after catch uh, ability. And you saw glimpses of that in Tampa, but he just couldn't put it all together. Then he had the Achilles injury. And now, yeah. that, you know? now that I think of it, OJ torched the Eagles. Didn't he have that? Because last year, like his only touchdown was that Thursday night game against the Eagles. Well, it's kind of on a little bit of a trick play. It was like a play action where he kind of like, but he scored. The end. Yeah. But the did. point, yeah. the main point I want to make was I think this is even before I was at Peter Report, but uh, OJ had that long touchdown where he like caught it and he ran like 60 yards up the field for a touchdown. I think that was against, Lyndon, I believe. No, no, no. I'm saying when he was with the Bucs. Oh, yeah. He caught uh, like a 10 yard reception. When and it, one it. was against the Bills. He had a touchdown against the Bills. It was and... a home game. I thought it was against yes. the Eagles. Maybe the year after Might the Eagles been. won the Super Bowl. Anyway, yeah, he's, uh, he should have went. I know he went to the AFC East. He should have went to the NFC East. <laughs> Destroyed yes. the Eagles. But yeah, to your point, receiving tight ends haven't really worked out in this iteration of, of the Bucks offense. So why not get a guy that can do both? Put players in the best position to win. Exactly. Uh, Matt, I'm going to let you talk about this for a second here. Um, I know you've you've studied free agency. Leo with the $5 Super Chat. Saints fans getting chirpy about the Honey Badger joining them. They must not have watched the Super Bowl. They still have a lot of holes post-draft. We're going to get into the, the NFC South drafts on Wednesday's show. Mm. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with the Buccaneers coaches. And so That's we, right. we have, we've got a, a, a show tomorrow. Um, 
we're, we're being able to interview the defensive coaches, the special teams coach, Keith Armstrong as well. And so tomorrow's show is going to be about the, our reaction to what the, what the coaches say in the interview period tomorrow. So make sure that you join us tomorrow at four o'clock Eastern for that. Then we're going to get back to, to draft talk. There we go. That's, that's tomorrow's show bucks, defensive mm-hmm. and special teams, coach pressers. That's defensive line coaches, Casey Rogers and Lori Locust there. Uh, Rogers is also a co-defensive coordinator. So, uh, so that's going to be tomorrow's show. But the thing is, is, is we want you to, um, to stay with us for Wednesday because we're going to break down the NFC South drafts and talk yeah. about some of those rookies that could make an impact for the Bucks, arch nemesis and rivals. And we'll get to that on Wednesday. But, but Matt, when you look at, at, um, at the honey badger, I'm going to have you talk about that. And while you do that, we haven't done this in a while. And so first draft or first post draft show, we want to do our roll, roll call. call roll call. So go ahead and let us know where you're from. And of course, like Mark said, hit the like button, please hit that like button. But while, while Matt talks for about a, a minute or two and educates and entertains and informs us about the honey badger and his fit in new Orleans and whether that's a, a, a good thing for, for the Bucks, given how they've you know torched them a little bit in in the Super Bowl <laughs> or not, uh, I want to hear where you're from. And so for the next minute or so, you tell us your location, and we'll put it up on the screen. Go. Yeah, I am looking forward to more battles between Tom Brady and Tyron Matthew. If you remember Super Bowl LV at in Tampa Bay, um, it got a little chippy between Tom Brady and, and Tyron Matthew. They got in each other's faces, and Brady likes to talk smack to certain guy, well, to everyone really, but when Matthew was was getting into it as well too, it, it adds fuel to the fire. I mean, let's face it. The Saints, whatever they do on offense doesn't necessarily matter. Their defense plays the Bucks offense better than almost anyone that goes up against Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Goblin when he's healthy. So adding another talented player like Tyron Matthew is not good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, some people wanted the Honey Badger to come here. It was more of a pipe dream more than anything else because Todd Bowles is his um is his stepfather. So not stepfather, father-in-law. Yeah. So father-in-law. that was yep. so um there I understandably there was that connection there. But at the end of the day, Matthew is still a productive player. Maybe he lost a step or, t- or two, but he's still got that instincts. He's still gonna roam around there, uh, make some plays on the back end. He can still come up to the front of the line of scrimmage. And this is big for the Saints, too, because they lost some of their safeties once a retirement. And so they needed to fill that position. They started doing that. Um, they, they started doing that, uh, forgetting the, the former Buck that retired and then came back, Justin. Justin Evans. Yes, yeah. Justin Evans. I was yeah. thinking Justin Young. He, he's like, a bit of a project. I mean, there's, yeah, there's no yeah. guarantee he's going to make the roster or whatever. That's, that's just kind of a, you know, we'll see if this guy has returned to form, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, nonetheless, they're trying to fill the safety position. Obviously, Tyron yeah. Matthew, I believe the deal is three years, thirty-three million. Still, a very talented player. Maybe not the prime player that he still was, but could definitely make an impact on the Saints' defense and a defense that's already really had their way with the Bucks over the last two seasons. Yeah, no doubt. Um, going back to the draft, we the, these Buccaneers they end up with eight players. Start off with six picks, and they. They ended up There's acquiring, <laughs> yeah. They ended up acquiring a couple more players. Uh, one of the players was not punt god. Nope. It was national champion punter Matt 
Camarado. Jake Camarado. So I'm sorry. I'm what I said, Matt. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. I looked at you and I said. <laughs> I was Matt. messing up the names Jake. all weekend. Though I'm not a names yeah. guy. Jake, I'm Jake a Camarado. Face, I'm Jake a Camarado. face guy. So it's yeah. So National that's issues. Yeah. champion from the Georgia Bulldogs. And I'll tell you, I saw this kid kick a lot. I watched a lot of Georgia games, and he he's pretty much everything you want as as a punter. He can he can punt for distance. He can punt for hang time. And I think one of the most difficult things, as Josh Capo from Pewter Report pointed out in his grinding the tape column, which was the the punter edition, which I loved it when he said in the PR group chat, he said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a grinding the tape on the punter." We're like, okay, whatever, sounds good. It was actually yeah. really well done. It and was. He created his own stat. Yeah, it's called a pinya, <laughs> like like pinya deep, uh, where where he kind of compared him to to Matariza, the the punt god, supposed punt god from San Diego State. And, and I think this kid came out pretty favorably. When you look at what he's able to do, um, Jake Camarda can not just do the punting and the holding, he can also do kickoffs. So he really replaces Bradley Pinion, who does all three of those things for the Buccaneers. And we saw a couple of his kickoffs go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I know that, that Pinion was dealing with an injury last year, but some of the punts were less than ideal. So I know that fans are gripping the fact that Jason Light drafted a punter. But the thing is, is Stout, the punter from Penn State, was the only other punter that they liked in this draft. And he went a couple spots before they ended up picking Carmarta. Yeah, and I think that's important to point out. And I think Josh Capo did a great job, not only with this article, but getting this point across, that punting is more than just kicking the ball deep. It's you have to make sure you get the ball out of bounds or get it within the five to 10 yard line. There's such an importance on, yeah, you can kick at 60 every time, but what if you only need the ball to go 35 yards? Can right. you finesse it right then and there? Yeah. The hang time is a huge issue. So that's why the punt God and um, yeah, again, he didn't even go first or second. So that's why the punt God. Yeah. yeah. It's fun that he can boot the ball. He went, what, sixth do- round. He uh, yeah he he didn't go he didn't go in that run of punters and this draft yeah. has and will be known as the draft of the wide receivers and punters so yeah, shout out to four all punters went yeah <laughs> unbelievable that has to be a record I don't oh, yeah. I don't I don't have those stats in front of me but yeah at first I I was a little skeptical about taking a punter that early but the more I've thought about it and marinated on it the Bucks still got a ton of value in general in their draft so yeah. I don't have as much of an issue with taking a punter when you look at the other names that they have in this draft class. And if you're having struggles with Bradley Pinion as they did towards the end of the season, why not go and upgrade the position that is going to have more of an impact on the game that you think? I mean, it is so valuable when you, when you pin a team (laughs) that deep. Yeah. Leo, that was a thank you for the $2 super chat. Yeah. Thank you. uh, Yeah. I I don't really. And the the other thing is this is, you know whether you like the pick or not, they got extra picks in this draft. It's not yeah. like they drafted Carmada in place of somebody else. This was like a bonus pick because they used the fourth round pick they they acquired in the trade, the higher pick rather than their own fourth, to draft the tight end, which was a position of need. I think they filled all their needs and they still got the punter in this. And he's a starter, right? He you have to sit there and say he's going to be the guy. So he's a starter. He's he's going to do your kickoffs and save Ryan Suckup's leg for placements only. He's the holder, and he he's also the punter. So I mean, I 
I, I from right, a value standpoint, that uh, that's not bad. Exactly. He's doing three things, and I think it's very important, too, that he's going to do the kickoffs, which, of course, he did at Georgia, because that was a big thing yeah. that the Bucks coaching staff wanted for Ryan Suckup in terms of they didn't want him to do the kickoffs. They wanted yeah. him to primarily focus on kicking field goals, and we saw how much better he was, or just the kicking game in general right. for the Buccaneers was over the last two years when Suckup just focused on kicking. And, of course, you got to have – a strong leg. You gotta got you gotta have like that meef, that that beady, that sorry, that beefy, that meaty leg when you're kicking yeah. kickoffs to get that ball out of the end zone, almost like a big beefy burger from Beefo Brady. I see what you did there. You want beefy? Nobody out beefs beefs. Try the O'Brady Burger. Made with premium Angus, perfectly seasoned and topped with melted provolone. It's an all-star, just like that other Brady in town. And if you're tailgating, you might want to pile on Beef's award-winning wings, too. Traditional or boneless in whatever sauce or dry rub you crave. Dine in, to go, or even catering. Play it your way. See you at Beef's. Oh, Matt, let me tell you. That uh, that burger is tremendous, right? We had to stare yeah. at that burger for three days doing during our Peter Report draft show, and uh, <laughs> finally got a chance to eat one yesterday, and it was absolutely phenomenal. So I can't recommend uh, going to Beef of Brady's uh, for dinner. And folks, it's four forty-five here if you're if you're listening Eastern time, and if you're driving on on the way home from work, if you're getting ready to leave work, stop by Beef's. Go visit them online at beefofbrady's.com. They got forty-five Tampa Bay area locations. Use the store locator. Find the one that's closest to you. And even if you don't want to eat there tonight, if you want to pick up some food for the family, place it to go order. Yeah. Go to beaverbrady's.com. They've got the best wings, burgers, nachos, all of the pub fare food that uh, you know that you that you want from a great American establishment like Beef of Brady's and and plenty of TVs too. If you want to watch the lightning hockey game there, that's there's no better choice. Good food, good sports, beef O'Brady's. Yeah, they were awesome all week. I'm getting hungry right now just looking at that burger. <laughs> I ate earlier. I need to eat again soon. Uh, Beef O'Brady's is definitely on the docket there as well, too. So, yeah, the Bucks went punter with their second fourth-round pick. That was the 133rd pick overall. Yep. And I think probably more than any other player in the Bucks 2022 draft class, this might be the most polarizing one, the most yeah, captivating one, just yeah. in terms of the where position. he was selected and the yeah. position itself, yeah. too. Yeah, but I tell you what, uh, I think a lot of Buccaneer fans that were gripping <laughs> over that particular selection, uh, when they made the trade for Zion McCallum and trading next year's fourth round pick, dipping into a future year's draft uh, pool to grab Sam Houston State cornerback Zion McCollum, who I liked a lot. I know Josh Capel liked as well. Mm-hmm. In the fifth round, I, I think a lot of fans were pretty excited about that move. That that was that was a nice move by Jason Light to quell the masses that were getting their their uh, torches and pitchforks ready to go to the Evan Health Training Center. Um, I kid, but I, I'll just say this. This this is, as John Spitek said, anytime you've got a cornerback who's 6'2", 200 pounds, and runs a sub-440, that's a Buccaneer corner. That's what they're doing right now <laughs> on the outside. And and the great thing is, when you look at, at, at the depth chart, Matt, you've got four players who will be 
or who really essentially in a contract year. I know, I know yep. Logan Ryan just signed a one-year deal, but Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, Ross Cockrell, and Logan Ryan, all four of those cornerbacks, they're not under contract for, for next year. And this is a guy that you can have in the hopper, developing, learning the system, and really starring in All right, I think Scott froze there for a second, unless I froze. Yeah, Scott froze there for a second. But, so I'll take over now here. I, in my opinion, I thought Zion McCollum, I said before that Rashad White was my favorite pick of this year's uh, Bucks 2022 NFL draft. I would say, without question, my second favorite pick had to be Zion McCollum. And Scott brought up some really good points about how all of these players in the Bucks secondary, specifically at corner, or on one-year deals, or on the last year of their deals. I'm not saying that in a year from now, he's going to be the number two corner next to uh, Carlton Davis, but he's definitely going to have a leg ahead against, I don't know, maybe other rookies that they might draft next year. Maybe the Bucks bring in a, a free agent that will compete for the uh, for the number two position. But right, he's a, I, Scott, I was saying when, when you froze out there for yep. a second, that McCollum, Rashad White is my favorite pick of this draft. Yeah, Zion McCollum is my second favorite right. without question. No. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And he's not six, four. I know that, that the media guides that Sam Houston state put out there, he actually measured in at six, two. So, but yeah, he's, he's six, two Carlton Davis is, is six, one and some change. Jamel Dean, kind of the same thing. So they like cornerbacks with, with length to them. And, and I, I, I really believe that, that this is a player that can develop into being a, potential starter you know we'll see but uh, but i'm i i like him I, th I think it's it's a it's a pretty solid pickup for the buccaneers and i'm surprised that he was there in the fifth round to be honest i thought he was really a third round guy so i think this kind of is a, a bit of a steal here for day three and he's going to have an impact right away because he's going to play special teams i mean yeah. spy tech talked about that too where a scout told him if you run like you did at the 40 yard dash with that four, three time, right. we will take you and the bucks. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. The bucks uh, lived up to that word from what they told him and they did take him. Yeah. So I think he's going to help out on special teams rather quickly. I love the fact that he's tall, got some length to him. Yeah. He can intercept the ball too. That's been an issue from time to time in the Bucks secondary. He had a, a, a decent amount, a nice amount of uh, takeaways at Sam Houston state. And more importantly, He's physical. Yeah. And you and I are both fans of, of physical defensive backs. Yes. And not every defensive back is like that. Some are right. more finesse, maybe get some more interceptions, but are afraid to tackle. That's not the case with Zion McCollum. So I think he's going to bring not, a physicality right. to the defense that they already have to a degree, but it never hurts to have more. Yeah. And ball skills, 54 pass breakups, 13 yep. interceptions. Now he is just about 23 years old. He was a fifth-year senior, and what I mean by that is he actually played. He played the COVID year, so he played five years at Sam Houston State and had three interceptions in four of those five years. And he had, and the one down year he had, he had one interception. So he had them all up: thirteen interceptions, fifty-four pass breakups. He's a bit of a ball hawk, and you like that about him. But also, you go back to that that national championship game where Sam Houston State won the title against South Dakota state in the FCS level. And Matt, he played with a broken hand or broken wrist yeah. and had a cast on and was still making tackles, throwing a shoulder. Into 
I am not hearing you right now, Scott. I don't know if that's just me. All right, it seems like we lost Scott again. Yeah, Scott might be muted, as, as Ben says there. Um, but as Scott was talking about, I don't know how much you... <laughs> okay, it's not just me. You guys don't hear him either. I'm not sure uh, how much you guys heard, but he was talking about that when McCollum played in the championship game, he played with a lot of injuries. I believe he had a broken hand or a broken finger, so he was dealing with some issues there. Scott, can you hear us now? Yeah, sorry. We can hear you. Technology is great when it works. It happens from time to time. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Um, so let's let's finish up the Bucks draft last year, shall we? And we'll get into a couple yeah. of the undrafted free agents as we we wrap up here. Um, the Buccaneers went out and, and got another tight end. We we thought they would double up at the tight end position. They did. They drafted two tight ends, and the the guy they took in the sixth round is a guy by the name of Co Keeft, and Co Keeft was a blocking tight end from Ruin Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is one of his, I believe, 12, 12. Yeah, 12. Career 12. catches right there. And uh, th- this guy, uh, he is a hoss, man. He he is a ginger. Mark Cook would have loved him. I mean, yeah, look at that it. hair. Oh, my That's, gosh. I love it. The flowing mane. Smokes. Yes, <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, the the thing is, though, is, is uh, he, disappointingly, he cut it. Sadly. Which, yeah, sadly. Right. But I think he's growing it back, if I'm not mistaken. Now, you and yeah. I, or at least I was on the live stream when we spoke to him. So I didn't get to see him on the Zoom Correct. press conference when that was going on. But from what I've been told, the hair is coming back. So we'll see. By, I mean, rookie mini camps like next week. So probably yeah. won't be back by then. But we'll see by August when it comes around if, um, you know, if it's back. Yeah, and, and the thing too is is you gotta think with, with Ryan Jensen being a long haired ginger on the team, he's gonna take Kokeeft under his his uh coif, under his his wing yeah. and and really say, Listen, dude, you look so much better like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, of course. we need we need to get back to this. I and think so, he I think, I think he's going happen. to be a fan favorite without yeah. question, just by the way he looks. Chief Keith, I'm gonna keep calling him that. I <laughs> encourage everyone to do that too. It, if, if they would like to. But, Scott, we're going to have to get back to the Anthony Auclair prop bet that we talked about a lot. Anthony yeah. Auclair, who used to play for the Bucks, was, yeah. for the most part, a great guy, for the most part, a strictly a blocking tight end. Right. That's going to be Keith's role here. Yeah. And the thing is, like, my, my bookie would have a ridiculous prop bet. Like, it was, like, plus a 1,000 or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if, if, if he scored a touchdown, because he never did. He never scored a touchdown in Tampa. I think you only had like a handful of catches. He finally scored his first touchdown in the NFL playing for the, the Houston Texans after he left Tampa. But so that was always Vita Vea, Vita Vea had more touchdowns. That's a fact. <laughs> it just is. So uh, the, 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 the Anthony O'Claire bet that I'm hoping that, that my bookie has the, the balls to put a co-keefed yeah. uh, prop bet in there because I'm hey, going to play it's, it. It's, it's possible though. I mean, yeah. one goal line play action. If Vita right. Vea can score a touchdown, Damn and it, Joe, so can Coquif. And Joe Hay got a got a uh attempt to him yeah. in the Super Bowl, That's might right. I add. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, so, it's a possibility. He's gonna score a touchdown in the Super Bowl in Arizona this year. Okay. <laughs> I, I like who who Vita Vea or Coquif? Who? 
Maybe the both. odds would be the odds would be better for Vita Bay because Vita Bay lined up on fourth and goal when Ronald yes. Jones got stuffed at the goal line. So Vita Bay has a better right. chance. But I'm gonna go with uh, no, I'm gonna go with Vita Bay. Vita yeah. Bay is gonna score a touchdown. I, well, so. listen, I, if if my bookie will put up a prop bet for Coquiefed scoring a touchdown, I, I will play it. I will I will yeah, put five dollars down uh, every week to play it because the payoff will be a king's ransom if uh, if I hit. So I'm excited about that. So the Buccaneers uh, drafted Coquiefed, and he he's got a very good shot at being the. This is why I love our fans. It's I love our fans when they you have a great comment. We uh, will we will put it up on the. Uh, R.I.P. Patrick okay. Swayze. Oh my god! Yeah. What right. a great movie. Sam Elliott, man, it doesn't get any better than Sam Elliott. I actually haven't seen Roadhouse. I've heard about. Oh, it, you got to see it, man. It's yeah. Yeah, I will. That's. Before the start of the season, I, you'd I will be watch. Bigger. You know, that's that's like the before the, line the start of the movie. season, I will make sure that I watch Roadhouse. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, yeah. So the Buccaneers, they they, were, they wrapped up the draft. They had at one point they had three seventh rounders, and and then they they ended up uh, keeping one of them, and mm. they drafted an interesting pass rusher. This is Andre Anthony yep. from LSU, who I very much like uh, some of these these players, including Zion McCollum, played five years. Mm-hmm. At LSU, battled through some injuries, including a knee injury that, that limited him to three games this past season. But in those three games, that four tackles for loss, a scoop and score for a touchdown that you're seeing there, and three and a half sacks the year prior in in eight starts, or I should say in eight games he played, and he had five and a half sacks. So the last two years, you know, he had nine sacks. That's that's a, a pretty decent amount, and and for a, a team that could use another outside linebacker type to come in and compete with the likes of Cam Gill and uh, Elijah Ponder. Why not throw an LSU guy into the mix there and play with Devin White? We know Jason Light loves LSU Tigers. So yeah. uh, this this seems to be a good flyer to, to take yeah, on, exactly. on a guy you in know, the seventh round. Yeah, he's a seventh round pick, so it's not like you're really taking a risk or anything like that. We saw it pan out with Grant Stewart last right. year, so it, it, why not? Um, John Ledyard made him famous because he was a part of the tape of Luke Gadecki's tape yes. uh, when Central Michigan played LSU. Yeah. And it did not turn out great for Andre Anthony. But yeah, yeah sure. He actually some... hurt his knee in that game. Yeah, he, he did, unfortunately. And then and then he was, was then he was done for the year. Um, but you know, it, it's a player that there's some he's got okay length. There's some yeah, thing, I, I read about that he has a good uh rip and a swim move. So yeah. It's someone that you could throw into the competition yeah. for fourth outside linebacker for special teams running down their cover. Exactly. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll play some special teams. I yeah. think it should be pointed out to the three and a half sacks in three games stands out. Two of them was against McNeese state. So not right. like the best type of competition, but nonetheless, I think there's a little potential there. And if he hits, that's great. And if not, you know, they'll find someone else that can, that will make the team and be, make a contribution. So, Exactly. You no, know, it's a, a no lose situation for the Bucks there. Yeah, I, I agree. The Buccaneers signed a couple of of uh, undrafted free agents. We have a, a tracker on PeterReport.com. Yeah. You can check that out. Um, some of the, of the names that, that kind of caught my attention a little bit: uh, Jareth Stearns from Western Kentucky. He was mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi's favorite target there. 150 catches. This guy was putting up some ridiculous numbers. Um, short, compact build. Little slow, but a savvy football player, and the Buccaneers, you know, they're going to give him a shot. I, 
he's kind of in that Jalen Darden mix, although I think he's a tougher, more physical, small guy. Uh, maybe not as as fast or as quick, but um, he's an interesting player. And and uh, he followed Bailey Zappi and the head coach from Houston Baptist, where they almost upset Texas Tech back in 2020. Texas Tech uh, almost lost that game 35-33 to Houston Baptist. And and uh, Jareth uh, Stearns was a big reason why. The other smallest player they got is this guy, Devin Tompkins. Now, he is a fast dude. He's like a 4-4-2 guy, just under five foot seven, And so he is a mighty might. <laughs> wow. But yeah. uh, it would be interesting to see if one of these guys can kind of take maybe the special team's return job away from Jalen Darden or just maybe be the player that the Bucks were hoping Jalen Darden would be, or push Jalen Darden to be Jalen Darden, damn it, and and step up and be the fourth-round pick you were supposed to be as a receiver and as a returner. And the the um, the last guy uh, is, is Nolan um, Turner, who is from Clemson. And mm-hmm. this this is a, a player that – Safety. Safety that probably has the best chance of making the team out of them all. And, you know, when you look at, at, at Turner and the fact that the Buccaneers didn't bring Andrew Adams back, this is a player that's come up with some clutch interceptions in the playoffs in back-to-back years. And so I've kind of been told this is the, the guy to kind of keep an eye on. He might end up having the best shot at making the team. But all these undrafted free agents and trial guys – the Buccaneers just don't really need him this year. Their roster is so stacked. And then especially after adding eight players in the draft, the path to making this team as an undrafted free agent has never been tougher. than. Yeah, that that was what uh, John Spitek talked about, where he's like, listen, guys just don't want to come here because we have the roster yes. all set. And we kind of joked about that during the live draft show where – you know, a couple of years ago, all of the undrafted free agents wanted to come to Tampa because yes. they were a losing team that didn't have the best roster. And that's where you get those cool stories like DeMar Dotson and Cam Brate. And Cam Brate becomes a Super Bowl champion right. after being an undrafted free agent. Shaq Barrett obviously didn't start with the Bucs, but his story as well, too. So every year you get those guys that are undrafted free agents and they end up making a team yeah. and becoming, in some cases, a great player like Shaq yeah. Barrett. But this year for the Bucs... I think, as you mentioned, punt returner or kick returner in general could be a spot. Yeah, he's where staying out in special teams. It at least should guy. be. It at least should be open. And yeah. I'm not ready to close the door and uh, get rid of Jalen Darden. But Correct. by no means has he. Is that his job going into this season? By no well, means is yeah. it his job to lose at either. I, I think. Well so said. This and, is a chance and, for an undrafted free agent to take that spot. Yeah, totally agree. Well said. And you mentioned DeMar Dotson. This is a guy that came in as a basketball player yeah. from Southern Miss, the longest of the long shots. I had a chance to cover DeMar Dotson's entire Buccaneer career. And he ended up you know, coming in for pennies and then ended up making a fortune, playing 10 years in Tampa Bay, was a starter at right tackle for most of those, got several big contracts. And I'm not sure what he did with his money. Hopefully he saved it. But folks, if you need some financial advice, there's one place to turn, and that's our friends at Immunity Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. 
Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Matt, where do we need to get to? We need to get to Colorado. That's right. And no, we're not travel agents and neither is Immuni Financial. But folks, you need money to travel, right? It's it's expensive, especially with inflation being being the way it is. And, and there's a lot of things that you need to save up for rather than just saving money for for traveling when you're retired, but also maybe your kids' colleges, right? And mm-hmm. and and also uh, putting more, more money in your portfolio. So when you are retired, you can do things like travel to Colorado and, uh, and, and invest in the rest of your life post-work, right? And, and you can do that by talking to our friends at Immuni Financial because managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than just allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, insurance services. With 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. And you can do that from anywhere in the country, not just here in Tampa. So if you're listening to the Superior Report podcast from outside of the state of Florida, Still, give Immuni Financial a call, 1-800-868-6864. That's what I did. That's where most of my financial investments are housed at Immuni Financial. Visit them on the web at immuni.com. So, Matt, uh, just put up a story as we went um, live here on the Peter Report podcast. Uh, We've got our new mock draft, not us, but people. (laughs) Got the 2023 <laughs> way too early mock drafts out there, and it was interesting. I'm not going to go through all of the names. Um, one of the the names that I, I I do like that that was mocked to Tampa Bay, and and there's a, a ton of quarterbacks mocked to the Buccaneers. So these draft experts don't have a lot of faith in Kyle Trask, even though he was a second round pick in last year's draft. One of the, the players that was mocked to the Bucks, the jerk Phil Jerkovic from Boston <laughs> College, the former Notre Dame transfer. I, I like this this kid's tape. His first year at Boston College, he's a big pocket passer with some mobility, big arm, and he fits this Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich type of of style of play. And the other quarterback, one of of I think four different quarterbacks they had, was Florida's Anthony Richardson, which that would be an interesting pick too because they just drafted a quarterback from yeah. Florida and Kyle <laughs> Trask. But uh, but Matt, it's just kind of crazy these these draft prognosticators don't believe in, in Kyle Trask. We're Blaine Gabbert. Well, yeah, I mean, the disrespect to not believe that Blaine Gabbert will be the starter and can lead the Bucks to the, the promised land a year from now. Uh, it's shame, shame on them for not believing in Blaine Gabbert. But I also don't think it's fair to completely rule everything out on Kyle Trask because he hasn't yeah. proven that he can't do it. He hasn't proven that he can. But again, this this training camp, I think, is going to be an extremely important one for Kyle Trask for his future if we're under the assumption that Tom Brady's only here for one more season. But don't rule him out yet. Again, this is we got a year until the next draft. So yeah, it'll change from now. But mock drafts are very addicting. So I get they why are. they want to do one for yeah. next year. Already. Leo. Uh, uh, Thank you, Leo. Our super chat. Florio throwing shade at Arians in draft night. Florio just hates Bruce Arians and he hates he Tom Brady. The hates the Buccaneers. Hates that Florio. man for literally sitting down. Florio's going to Florio. <laughs> like the place you know? where he's at. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, look, look, look at Bruce. He's sitting in the middle of the war room. Okay. Well, which seat should he have sat in? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy's going to be in the Bucks' ring of honor, won a Super Bowl. 
You know, I mean, uh, defer to your change elders. Change the program. Change the let, franchise. Yeah. Let Bruce Arians sit wherever the hell he so wants. So many people gave an opportunity, literally left so Todd Bowles to make sure that Todd Bowles can be a head coach. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, just let it yeah. go. Florio is going to Florio. That's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, one name real quick before we we get out of here. We've, we've gotten into some bonus territory here with this, and I'm sure you all appreciate that out there, you pewter people. Uh, one of the names that I did really like a lot was Trenton Simpson is a first-round pick for uh, from Clemson for the Buccaneers. This kid can absolutely play. I think he's got 10 sacks in two seasons as a blitzing Whoa. linebacker, fast, 6'2", 230-pound linebacker from Clemson. If you're looking for the eventual heir apparent for Levante David, it's this kid right here, man. Keep an eye on Trenton Simpson from Clemson. This kid is super fast and can play. He is a Buccaneer linebacker through and through. So kudos to Charlie Campbell from Walter Football, a former pewter reporter, yeah. for putting his name out there in the, the draft lexicon for Buccaneer fans to absorb. But check out that Pewter Report article, the way too early Bucks 2023 mock draft roundup. We've got a ton of content on pewterreport.com today. We have Grant Stewart. You you got his comments on, <laughs> an on Logan Hall. Uh, an exclusive yeah. interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his his uh, his comments on Logan Hall becoming a Buccaneer, former Houston Cougar teammate. Bucks Monday mailbag is up. Josh Capos um, grinding the tape on Jake uh, Carmada, the the new punter. So lots of great content at PeterReport.com. More stories going up tonight. We got plenty of, of content this week. Tomorrow, as we mentioned earlier, we've got uh, a tremendous coaches. show for you tomorrow. Yeah, with with the the defensive and special teams coach pressers tomorrow. So a lot of Buccaneer content coming your way this this uh, week here on the Peter Report podcast and on PeterReport.com, Matt. Absolutely. Like nonstop every hour or so, it seems like we have something new every half an hour. So uh, another one from JC as well, too, about what the experts, what grades they would give the Bucks. So th there's a lot of draft coverage. There's a lot of coverage about the, the current team after yep. after these picks. There's... No matter where you go, there's going to be some type of Bucks content that you want or want to or need from yeah. uh, PeterReport.com and our YouTube channel. So make sure and, you subscribe, go yeah. on PeterReport.com and everything else in between. And tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to be back with even more content here on the Peter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. So for Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report.